Thank you for listening to the Football Index Club daily podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with a brief summary of what is going on in the Football Index stock market every single day. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Football Index Club daily podcast. So today I will be talking about what's going on in the football index stock market, just covering the rises and the fallers and sharing my general thoughts on what's going on. So first of all, Gabriel Jesus up 17p to £3.25, quite a considerable price rise there and he has been linked to Juventus quite a bit. I think the best thing for Gabriel Jesus in terms of his potential to earn dividends on football index was him playing in left midfield against Real Madrid in the Champions League a few months ago when they won 2-1. He got a goal in that game as well. And if he plays more in left midfield, then you'd probably back him to have a chance of hitting some really high PB scores. And we're just seeing a general trend of young quality players rising. So many other players that are young and have the potential to be some of the best in the world in the future have those huge amounts today and in recent weeks. So Trent Alexander-Arnold up 13p, Martin Odegaard up 11p, Mason Greenwood up 10p, Jude Bellingham up 10p, Erling Brodt Halland up 9p, Rodrigo up 8p and Vinicius Junior up 8p as well. I would say all of those players there do have the potential to be world-class given what we know about them so far. Some of them are less proven than others of course, Jude Bellingham only playing in the championship but still at a young age and he has been hyped up a lot. A lot of these players won't become world-class as well and sort of knowing your exit point will be key with a lot of these players. So if some of them maybe have a bad season, then their prices may drop. But I'd say out of those players I've just mentioned, you'd probably probably expect two or three um two or three of them to be up there with the very best in the world in the future. Um and some of them are already kind of up there, like Trent Alexander Arnold, Plot Halland, um and you could make a case for Odegaard as well. I mean, his performances this season have been fantastic for Sociedad. There is certainly some risk in buying these players because they are already at high prices. Having said that, though, if they do end up being the best players in the world and earning match day and even media dividends regularly in the future, the rewards on offer are going to be unimaginable. Some of these players could be three four, five times the price that they are now in two or three years' time. We really don't know. Um, But I would say if there is going to be any players that are going to be crazy expensive in three or four years that are on Football Index now, it probably will be the players that end up being the best. The only other thing is there will also be a lot of other young players coming through. And I'm sure there's plenty of players on Football Index in the minute, probably between... I don't know, like 50p to £2, um, who could actually end up being some of the best players in the world as well. So much changes. It is really difficult to predict with young players who is going to end up actually becoming the best. But what we're seeing in recent weeks, I think, is a lot of research going into players because I'm always doing research anyway, but I found a lot of the players that I've been researching lately for the website and for my own trading have risen quite a lot in price and even players that I've not bought myself and not highlighted on the site but I've come across from my research on Index Edge, Index Gain, 
who scored and all the other various sites which I use in stats as well, which I've been using lately. Loads of those players which are ranked highest and are young have been rising in price. So it does appear to me like maybe with lockdown in particular due to the coronavirus and everything, a lot of people are just putting the hours in researching and a lot of people are coming to the same conclusions, which is leading to these price rises. And it makes a lot of sense because statistically, looking at that past data, some of those players may be the best for the future. However, having said that, I don't think we can just look at data alone. And there is a lot of other variables to consider. And the other thing is, from my experience anyway, some of the best picks that I've come across and bought into have been players who have the potential to do really well, but they haven't really hit those high PB scores yet, but could do in the future. And there will be players on the market right now who you could make a case for being a great hold for the future, but there'd be no evidence really to back it up. And so no one else would buy them. And because you can't prove how this player is going to be good value, no one else is looking there either. And so that player's price isn't going to rise until they actually do have that one performance where they really stand out or they hit a run of form where suddenly they grab the attention of the market and then start to rise. So those sort of players which are young and maybe haven't been the best in the past and don't look at the moment like they're going to be some of the best players in the world are maybe being a little bit neglected, not really looked at by the market. But that is completely rationally that is completely rational as well. And you can understand that. And the other thing to say on that is you may get one out of five players who has the potential um, to be one of the best players in the world, but is really cheap. And then the other four all fail and none of them actually become that good. So there's a lot of things to weigh up. The only thing I'd say with some of the higher priced players is their price is more built up on their past data and what they've shown in the past. Some people could definitely make a case for them being less risky because of that. But then you could also say, well, they're higher priced and if it all goes wrong and they don't end up as good, then they are actually more risky. There's a little bit of a complicated one. I've probably not explained that as well as I would have liked. Um, But I think overall, it probably is actually best to focus on the players who have the um, past performances to prove themselves, especially in a period where there is a lack of games because why would a player who is yet to play exceptionally well rise in price? Because they're not going to come up in anyone's research, really, um, unless someone's been watching their games and has a certain opinion on them. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of my point of view on a few young players. The other thing on that is some players have risen huge amounts during this bonus period. And as I think I've mentioned recently, it can be a little bit risky to buy into them if they've risen huge amounts, maybe with some of the less proven ones in particular, actually, like Felix Paslak, like Oreo Busquets, up 30-40% this last week or two. And they haven't really put in the performances to prove why their price should be so high. Um, but there is also some really great players rising, like Pura Sestupanan, 
I mean, I am a little bit biased in saying that, as I think I've highlighted him on the site before. I don't actually hold him, but I think he's been linked to Man United a little bit lately. Very tenuous links there, but Atletico also interested in him as well. He's up 17% this week, so quite a considerable rise there. A few others that have risen then. So Felix Paslak, as I said, up 14p. He's on loan from Dortmund, up to 53p now. And that's pretty much the exact case as it was with Oreo Busquets in yesterday's episode is I actually sold him far too soon. Another one that I recently cleared out. So again, quite good at finding the players, but not always the best at timing those sales. Something I need to work on, but I'm definitely getting better at it. Um, But it can be quite a difficult thing. I saw on Twitter the other day, Don posted and uh, big Don this is. I'm sure a lot of listeners will know who he is, but uh, he's just a big account who's got, I think, like six or 7,000 followers. But more impressively, he's got a six or 700,000 pound portfolio, I think, at least half a million anyway. Um, and he said that selling is one of, I'm, I'm not quoting this word for word, but he says something along the lines of selling is actually the easiest part of football index. And all you really need to do is consider if someone else would buy your player and if they would, then keep them. And if you don't think anyone else would buy them, then sell them. So he put that very simply. And it was a pretty good point, really. And that is something I often consider with selling is, would I buy them personally at their price? And if I wouldn't, then, yeah, maybe it is best to sell them. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other things, really, to consider. I've wrote a few blogs on that on the website before. So I might do another one on selling because... It is an interesting one. I've actually sold quite a few players this last week because some of the players that I've bought into over the last week or two have risen quite big amounts. So I've actually just sold them. So shorter term trades than I'd usually make. But with the bonus on and some of my players rising 20% in a week, I've just thought, well, I could probably put put that um, balance into some other players who are yet to rise such a considerable amount in such a short space of time because I still think there is plenty of opportunities on here. Uh, it's, it's weird, really, how many players there are that look quite good value. The other thing is a lot of players that are really cheap seem to be quite good value at the moment because, well, a number of reasons. I suppose a lot of people may have just not come across them, but there's three or four players who I've noticed on Football Index who are at a decent age, not particularly old, They've actually provided a combination of like seven or eight goals and assists combined this season, um, even more than some of the players I've noticed. And these players are like under 50p. I'm a little bit tempted to do an under 50p blog as well on the website. But I don't know. It's always a bit dodgy because you don't want to be seen as potentially pumping anyone. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't hold them myself, but it can still just look a bit wrong. And also, in the past, I've actually, well, I've done a full check on every single player I've highlighted today on the site. And it's weird because a lot of the players that I did highlight under 50p haven't actually done that well. And I think in the past, I've probably tried to find some players who could do a double or triple in price. Whereas over a longer period of time, it may just be best to focus on who's going to actually be the best players. And that's something that I think I've definitely learned in recent weeks. So my focus in the last few blogs have definitely been trying to find players who I do think could definitely earn much the dividends rather than the sort of players who could do a 20-30% rise off the back of one performance. But 
that performance may never come and so they may remain fairly stagnant um, because there has been some players that have tipped well highlighted on the site that have been like that but the results have actually been really good lately 60 players that have highlighted since football was cancelled 58 of them have risen 22 over 10 percent some big rises there as well and zero players are actually down in price which is really nice to see so pretty consistent results there on the site and it was interesting to see the results from past months if anyone does want the spreadsheet by the way um which has every player which i've highlighted on the site for the last seven or eight months just uh, drop me a dm on twitter or my email by the way if anyone's interested as well is tom.footballindex at gmail.com um yeah feel free to drop me a message if you're not a member on the site then i will probably just leave out this month's players just to avoid sort of giving away the content for free um but it may still be interesting to see which players I used to think were good value and maybe have dropped in price recently. And I may even do a blog on that. There's quite a few things that I could write a blog on at the moment. Um, it's a lot of things to talk about in Football Index. It's a really exciting time. I don't actually sound as excited as I am with this podcast. <laughs> it's quite a calm podcast today. But yeah, I mean, I can't believe how well Football Index is done. About a month or so ago, I was so down. I was just like, right. Business is going to go terrible now. Everyone's leaving the site. My portfolio's dropped. I was like, oh no, these next few months are going to be really tough. And then a month later, and I've had one of the best months for the website in terms of the players rising. Not had as many membership signups, but again, if anyone listening is a member, I am so grateful for you just being a member in general. And hopefully the website is providing great content but not just that, my, we- uh, my portfolio as well has been flying this last week or two. And yeah, the whole platform is really going up. I mean, the footy today is up 951 points to 168,000. So a big rise again there. And I remember um, about a month ago, the footy was at about 152,000. And it's up, it's up to 168,000 now. So what's that? 16 over 152. I'm just going to work out the percentage that the foot is up quickly over the last month. Um, so approximately 10.5%. And the bonus period is on with a bonus of 8.25%. So yeah, that's a huge amount. Um, really, really great to see that the platforms rose so much. And I think we, we will probably continue to see this. I know I've mentioned a little bit about being cautious of some players who have risen during the bonus period. But even given that, I think we'll still see some rises with people putting more money in, using their bonus to buy back into players. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I mean, I intended to withdraw my £2,000 that I'd put in across two bonus periods in the past. I was absolutely adamant I was going to withdraw that. And I ended up just using that bonus to invest even more and keep that £2,000 in. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of traders who will follow a similar path in the future. And yeah, that's about it for today. Um, A few more rises just quickly. I don't know if I've mentioned them all yet. Paolo Giglione up 10p to 66p. Julian Draxler up 8p to £1.6. Nikola Vlasic up 6p to £1.32. And Axel Desarce, another one who's been highlighted on site a couple of times over the last few months actually, 
Um, he's up 6p to 86p, gaining some transfer links lately, which is really nice to see. Sardar Asmon up 6p to 85p. Luis Felipe up 6p to 76p, also gaining some transfer links. And on the decreases, there's not really much going on. A few players in the top 200 have dropped 3 or 4p, like Musa Diabe and Letaro Martinez, mostly due to rising huge amounts in recent weeks. There's nothing really to worry about too much there. Anyway, that's about it for today. Um, bit of a long episode. I'm sorry if I've not added that much value in this one. It's kind of just me being me completely sharing my thoughts on what's going on. But hopefully it has still been entertaining or useful or interesting. Um, I'll take one of any of those three adjectives. But yeah, that's it for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your weekend too.